The following is a hoop ball presentation. Welcome to the Fantasy NBA Today podcast. It's the start of a new week, everybody. Welcome to the show. This is Fantasy NBA Today, a hoop ball presentation that, of course, is hoop-ball.com. And the hoop ball Twitter feed is at hoopballfantasy. I am your host, Dan Vespers. You can follow me at Dan Vespers on Twitter, D-A-N-B-E-S-B-R-I-S. It is reverse chronological lightning round Monday on the pod. I know, you've been waiting for it all weekend long, and you finally got what you were hoping for. I... I'm having some sort of issues with my headset, so hopefully everything comes out okay. I think this is exclusively on my earbuds end, but if anything sounds weird, then um, I'm not re-recording an hour-long podcast. (laughs) Too many things to do. Too many things to do. Happy week to you. Good Monday. Super Bowl in the rear view. I got to watch maybe a combined, like, seven minutes, because... Once you have kids, you do whatever the hell they want you to do. Were there good commercials? Was the game any good? Looked like it was not. Looked like it was not. I saw the final score, and I saw the score as it was my, you know, my random check-ins throughout the ball game. It didn't seem like a particularly good ball game. So uh, I continue to not really pay attention to football, and I don't feel all that bad about it. Thank you to everybody that continues to rate and review the podcast over the weekend. I know that was our big push on Friday, so we'll go ahead and just string that through in today. Folks, if you have been meaning to get to it, I, I beg of you, please do so here. Just pause, just starting your, your work week. Maybe you're on your lunch break on the East Coast, something like that. Just pause the show, quickly go drop a five-star review and subscribe to the podcast. I will be forever in your debt as we climb up and over 600 ratings on the show, which is pretty damn cool. I can't believe where we're at considering where we began just a few short years ago. So thank you for that in advance. If you're wondering how to do it, we've had that question before. How do I rate and review the podcast? I know how to do it on iTunes or an Apple-branded mobile device. If you're on iTunes on a computer, it's pretty easy. You just find the podcast tab, which is in a little drop-down for me over kind of in the top left. You can switch over to podcasts, or is it top right? Yeah, top right. Search for Fantasy NBA Today, click on the show title, and then there's a tab within the show for rating and review. If you're on a mobile device, open the podcast app, use the search button, search for Fantasy NBA Today, click on the show title, and scroll all the way to the bottom. If you want to write something nice, that's cool, you don't have to, but please do drop that five-star review on the pod. Thank you, thank you, thank you in advance. Thank you to everybody that wrote in last week about our recruitment For team podcast hosts, there are a number of you kind of working your way through the system. Those of you that have written in about the sales position, I know there's a handful of you where we're kind of going back and forth. Let's uh, keep that rolling. And then obviously, if anybody is still thinking about writing in over these last few weeks, just because I'm not talking about it anymore doesn't mean I'm not looking at those emails, teamhoopball at hoopdashball.com or at Dan Vespers on Twitter. It just means that I talk about something different every week. So let's dive right on into the uh, reverse chronological lightning round of the weekend. For those of you uninitiated, the uh, Ricklerm reverse chronological lightning round Monday is where we go backwards through each team's most recent ball game played over the weekend. Basically, a full league reset. We'll see if anything that we were looking for over the weekend, we talked about that preview on our Friday show. We'll see if any of that stuff came true and if there are any pickups, drops, things of that nature that came out of this, things that we're now going to be watching rolling into this week, and then we'll have our obvious, uh, I guess not, maybe I'm just going to call it, but I will have our Monday preview portion of the podcast that'll come towards the end of the program. Sunday, everybody played in the morning on Sunday. By the way, betting-wise, things have been going quite well. We missed our Nuggets play on Thursday, but since then, 1-0 on Friday, 2-1 on Saturday, 2-0 on Sunday for a tidy little 5-1 run since that Nuggets loss. And I think some of that really now is kind of a settling in and also just not playing games that I was thinking about but found reasons to avoid. We'll talk about some of that betting stuff later in the show as well. Washington with Russell Westbrook 
are they're just horrible with Russ, and he's been horrible so far this year. So here's the thing on Westbrook. He's basically unusable in a head-to-head league because he sits out every back-to-back. He's only had 14 games played so far this year. Some of that, of course, is because Wizards games got postponed, but he's sitting out tonight already. So he's been bad, and he hasn't been able to actually play. He's got to be the first fantasy player in recorded history that can nearly average a triple-double and not make it inside the top 200. I mean, he has been so obscenely bad in the non-points, rebounds, and assist categories of fantasy that he can't crack the top 150. 19-9-9, guys. Less than a steal, less than half a block, 41% high volume from the field, 66% high volume at the free throw line, five turnovers a game. Get it together, Russ. That said... He is probably a buy low because there's simply no way, at least in the games cap roto format, there's just no way that he stays this horrible the whole season. I can't imagine whether there's, you know, Bradley Beal trade or he takes a few games off to try to get healthy again. Something's got to give because he's so far below where he should have ever been at this point. I mean, this is insanity. The numbers are are like the the if you just sort of self-correct for some of the things that are off kilter here, it should get better. He's a 44% career shooter. I'm starting to think that last year in Houston really was the James Harden effect because, you know, he shot 47%. It seemed like maybe it was because he was tamping down his number of three-pointers attempted. That was a a number that had been rising on a year-to-year basis. His free throw percent came back up into the mid-70s after a decade of shooting 80% at the free throw line, and now he's back at 66. The steals are way down. That's a number that I've got to believe comes back up a little bit, and that's most likely because he's not 100% healthy, especially on a team that plays as fast as the Wizards do. I don't know what you'd have to give up to get Russ right now. I really don't. So maybe that'll be a project on social media, which gives me yet another reason to remind you guys to actually drop a follow on me at Dan Vespris, D-A-N-B-E-S-B-R-I-S. We're going to figure out what you need to do to get Russell Westbrook right now. Despite how horrible he's been, he's a bargain. He's a bargain, even though he's actually hurting teams at the moment. No one on this team is really helping teams aside from Bradley Beal. What a mess. Alex Len moved into the starting lineup and played the first eight minutes of the ballgame and then never saw the floor again. Uh, Robin Lopez was slightly better. As the backup center, Mo Wagner actually got playing time, and he was terrible. Davis Bertans only played 19 minutes. He just got roasted out there. I mean, it is... The Wizards are probably an unbettable team. They're certainly unbettable when Russ is playing. The question, of course, becomes whether or not we can trust them when he's out to actually be competitive. I just... You know, this team might be in such a complete and utter state of turmoil that I don't know if you can bet them. I don't know if you can bet them. Lord knows I want to because they're on their way to becoming a value. Uh, but yeesh, man, are they bad. And and the locker room cannot be good either. Charlotte's side, um, let's see. Terry Rozier is back. P.J. Washington is back. Those guys both came back over the weekend, one game and then the next game. And you might have thought that that would put a dent into some of the other guys, but luckily they went ahead and played the Wizards in their next ball game. So everybody had fun. Rozier had a big one. Cody Zeller started out white hot in this game. I think he had nine points in the first two minutes, ended up with 16 and seven. He'll peter off at some point. I mean, he was in foul trouble, so he did this in 20 minutes, and there's just some unsustainable stuff going on with Cody. But you're rolling with it as long as it's happening, so that's cool. Miles Bridges somehow managed to sustain value despite P.J. Washington coming back. P.J. had foul trouble himself, 5,028 minutes. He'll work himself back into shape. Cody Zeller, his minutes will be back up again. And then Miles Bridges probably goes back to being the one of all of these names that is not on fantasy rosters. Although, you know, if you're if you're streaming, you can see how it goes. I'm not comfortable using him in a games cap format right now. I don't think the next one is going to be good enough. Same story for Malik Monk. With no Devontae Graham, he still had a an avenue to extra playing time. He remains much more of a points league option because he gets out there and he starts a firing. But his fantasy game is not really robust enough in a nine-category or even eight-category format. 
Utah and Indiana, they had a tight ball game throughout. Jazz kind of pulled away late in this one for the cover. Donovan Mitchell had a big game, although uh, still didn't shoot the ball well. Quietly, he's gotten better. Donovan Mitchell now number 66 in nine category leagues, mostly thanks to the fact that his field goal percent is slowly ticking its way up the board. He'll get back around his career mark, and he'll probably settle in that top 45 to 50 range where he pretty much is every single season. So he's no longer a buy low. I don't think that he's a sell high either. He just sort of is who he is. The uh, good news on the Jazz side is, well, I guess there's good and bad news on the Jazz side. The bad news on the Jazz side is that Mike Conley is finally having to miss a little bit of time. He's been pretty uh, durable so far this year, uh, but has a tight hamstring, and so they're playing it cautious with him. My guess is that he probably misses another ball game. Jazz are playing so well that they really don't need to force anything here, as well as Conley's played as well. They're, they're not going to ram him out there. And in the meantime, that means it's Joe Ingles' streaming season. Ingles is way over-rostered this year. He's rostered in 41% of fantasy leagues. And basically, when Conley has been in, Ingles has not been worth using. When Conley's been out, he's been worth using. Well, it doesn't even have to be Conley because Donovan Mitchell missed a couple of ball games too. Basically, if anybody in the backcourt or wing for the Jazz is out and Ingles gets a bump in his usage and playing time, he jumps up and over the cut line and that one's a pretty easy stream, which he is right now. Not a great ball game here for Joe, but he's a trustworthy and very easy plug-and-play guy. Boyan Bogdanovich was the good news I was going to list. He's been uh, a whole heck of a lot better. Moved himself now on the season into the 160 range after being uh, more or less unusable for the first month thanks to terrible field goal shooting and just everything kind of coming apart at the seams for him. Uh, Where is he at over the last couple of weeks is the question to answer here. Boy, on number 69 over the last two weeks, so that's good news on the Bogdanovich front. On the other side of this ball game, Jeremy Lamb had his minutes uh, pushed down by a big one from Doug McDermott. But Lamb still had 10 points and four cash stats to kind of float himself. There's no reason to panic there. Justin Holiday's become a really nice streaming op. I mean, he has been basically, we call him a long stream, and he really hasn't slowed down at all. Justin Holiday number uh, 49 over the last two weeks, which is absolutely remarkable. And over the season, he is number 65. So really a wonderful year for Justin Holiday at this point. We saw him do stuff like that in seasons past when he got the playing time that he's getting right now just because his, his Roto stuff is too good. TJ McConnell finally slowed down. I think this also had something to do with this strong play of Doug McDermott. Uh, I don't know if it, the Demonis Simonis foul trouble had anything to do with it or it was just sort of a weird matchup for him, but McConnell did slow down a little bit here. I'm still using him, though. He's been a hell of a streamer lately, especially for assists and steals, and I'll try him out there as often as he'll play. Miami in New York, Kelly Olynyk 15-5-2, and two, a steal, two three-pointers, uh, good percentages here. Not great, but good in 27 minutes, and in 27 minutes, he absolutely positively is a fantasy player. He's number 109 in nine-category leagues, and all you need to do is auto-correct for his field goal percent, and he moves inside the top 100 on a per-game basis. He's already inside the top 100 on a totals basis belongs on fantasy teams. I know he's not super exciting. He's like a very poor man's Al Horford when it comes to fantasy stat set. Although Big Al this year is being forced to do more on that team. But Kelly Olenek is going to be a top 100 guy. Provided they don't change their rotations a ton, and it doesn't look like they are right now. The Knicks picked up Derrick Rose over the weekend, so that should throw a, a monkey wrench into everything. Reggie Bullock had a huge ball game here. I don't think we can expect that on a game-to-game -game basis. His big ball game impacted R.J. Barrett more than anyone else, interestingly, because Alec Burks was playing pretty well off the bench, so Tom Thibodeau let him roll a little bit. Uh, Emmanuel quickly only played 17 minutes. Alfred Payton got 31, and he was terrible, and so the thought has to be, if you're looking at the Knicks... Derek Rose immediately gets his hands on 24 point guard slash shooting guard minutes. So this is going to hurt quickly. It's going to hurt Alfred Payton. Not that he, he was someone we should be looking at anyway. It's going to hurt Alec Burks. It's going to hurt R.J. Barrett. 
there's five guys now that are all kind of fighting for the same. Now, admittedly, Burks can slide up and play small forward where he gets into this Reggie Bullock timeshare related thing. But just adding another body to the mix is never a good thing when Dennis Smith Jr., the guy going the other way, wasn't playing. He had asked himself, he had asked for a G League stint just to get on a court. No Nerlens Noel. We know he'll miss a game here and there with knee soreness, things of that nature. Mitchell Robinson saw bonus time, but it didn't really translate because he got bam out of bioed right out of this ball game, and uh, he'll be fine. Mitchell Robinson will be fine. His blocks are are a little weird right now. I'd love to see those trend back up a little, but again, you know, 28 to 33 minutes a game, he'll be a top 50 guy. I would think on a per game basis, and hopefully better. I still I still have a higher target. Uh, although, you know, with Taj Gibson around and Nerland's playing better, maybe we should uh, adjust that down just a little bit. I'm picking up Derrick Rose where I can just to see how this thing goes. It's quite conceivable that he doesn't do enough. He has an interesting fantasy game these days because he doesn't shoot the three ball really, so his percentages are both pretty good. No real threes, scoring mostly, some assists. The free throw percent is probably where he could really make some hay. And, you know, this is a team that needs... Alec Burks is kind of the guy who facilitates off the bench, but they don't really have a a guy off the bench that they can trust to get into traffic and then make passes out of it. Quickly has shown himself to be quite good at getting into traffic, but then it almost always results in a floater, which is, by the way, his floater is awesome. Manuel Quickly's runner game is tight. But he, to me, he's a guy that's almost definitely going to lose out in this thing. And I don't know if I don't think Derrick Rose is starting. I think he's going to be a bench punch kind of guy. But he'll come in with an Alec Burks. Those guys, they'll facilitate, they'll score, and they'll keep the Knicks in the game when the the main dudes are not on the floor. And I'll tell you, I know that I'm probably preaching to a, a group of folks that doesn't want to hear his name anymore. But I think Nerlens Noel actually wins out in this a little bit, getting someone in that second unit that can actually get him an open look. Because right now he's relying on. Generally, Emmanuel quickly to get him those who admittedly has looked really good at times, but he's not a terrific facilitator yet. Yet, yet, these things can come. And so, you know, Nerlens who needs lobs and things of that nature, they they haven't really been there. And Derek Rose might get him some open looks. So there's a possibility that there's a very small bump uh, for Nerlens Noel. He just, of course, has to stay on the floor. Boston at Phoenix. This is a rough scheduling spot for the Celtics. This is now game two without Jalen Brown, who apparently is getting closer, and they'll be heading into Utah here for uh, their next one. That should be a tough ball game. Jason Tatum did everything he could, but just not enough in the tank, really. Kemba Walker had a poor shooting game. Celtics as a team just could not throw a stone in the ocean in this one. And for Phoenix, they're honestly a little lucky. Uh considering how poorly they played outside of actually shooting the basketball a little bit better. Devin Booker finally had a good ball game. This was a really, really nice development for him. He did other stuff besides just scoring. He's now at 108 on the season, and he's a guy that's really hard to buy low on because I don't think he's going to get anywhere near where he was drafted, so you probably can't find the profit margin you'd need to. Chris Paul slowed down in this one. He'll be fine, obviously. DeAndre Ayton had a pretty good ball game here. Mikal Bridges, he's really made some nice strides this last offseason. Frank Kaminsky started for the second game in a row at nine points, nine rebounds, but only played 19 minutes because Cam Johnson was really good, and he played most of the down-the-stretch minutes in this ballgame. On the Celtics side, again, a couple of, of quick thoughts before we move on to the next ballgame. Uh, Daniel Tice played 34 minutes off the bench in this one. They went to a sort of a different look and Tice remains a useful fantasy player right now, specifically while everybody's out, and maybe he can hold it together even after they're back. Time Lord was terrible, .2 rebounds. He's sort of on and off of my ad list, and I and I admit, I, I think that he probably should be on rosters, but I get it. You know, in a limited game head-to-head, that's a tough one because he's, he's a lot of his value is tied into steals, blocks, and turnovers. If you go a game or two where he's not getting those, he ends up, kind of giving you a goose egg. Tristan Thompson, yeah, he had 12 rebounds, but he's terrible. And and the other guys, they're just sort of no one else stepping into a meaningful role on this team. So I don't know. It might just be kind of the main five, two of whom are injured right now, and Marcus Smart and Jalen Brown, but Jason Tatum, Kemba Walker, and then it looks like maybe Daniel Tice. But does he hang on to it? That's the big question there. 
Sacramento went to L.A., beat the Clippers, who are without Paul George and Patrick Beverly. Kawhi Leonard had a rare off-shooting game and really didn't do much anything besides score and rebound in a sort of a weird one. Ivica Zubats is the story there. He keeps trending up. 12 points, 14 boards, great percentages. Again, Zubats has solidified himself. He's number 126 on the season right now, being floated by really good percentages. But that's part of the appeal there, and he's been better than that lately where the minutes have been trending in the right direction. He's a guy we've been kind of talking about a little bit. He's number 107 over the last two weeks on 8.5 points, 9 rebounds. The one thing you'd look at there is you'd like that .8 blocks to trend up towards 1.1 or 1.2, and that would move him inside the top 100. So he's quite close. I still would prefer a Nerlens Noel or a Kelly Olynyk, but if Zoo is floating around out there and you need a center... He does fit the bill as kind of that, you know, bad second center or really good third center on your fantasy roster. I'm not buying into the Lou Williams thing. A lot of that is related to who was in and who was out. Nick Batum still kind of hanging on here. You're not dropping him until the wheels completely come off. And then Reggie Jackson, who's playing way too much at the moment. He's it, That's a, a mirage as well. I'm hoping Paul George back soon. And uh, I don't I don't know what the deal is with Pat Beverly. Seems like he might still be uh, a couple games away. Turning the clock back to Saturday as we continue our roll through uh, reverse chronological lightning round. Portland lost in New York, wrapping up their road trip with a bit of a clunker. Uh, but key players did have good ball games. In uh, Dame, of course, Rob Covington, thirteen and ten, two steals, a block, three three pointers, as he has gotten better. By the way, Rob Covington now is uh, inside the top 30 over his last five ball games, which is a two-week stretch. They had, remember, a game or two that were missed in there, uh, and he missed one with a concussion. 11.7 boards, 2.5 steals, 2.23 pointers over that stretch. That's top 25 over the last two weeks for the season now, thanks to that hot run for Rocco. He has moved himself to number 87. That's right, guys. He's inside the top 90. Just blinked. All it took was a few decent ball games because the stat set is so easy. Gary Trent remains a solid streaming option while CJ McCollum is out. And that's your Portland breakdown. We talked about New York already, so no reason to rehash that one in uh, their victory over Portland. Talked about Sacramento already. They beat Denver. This is a back-to-back wins for the Kings. Uh... Sacramento side, a lot of people were like, should I pick up Hassan Whiteside? And the answer was no. I know he had a big ball game against Jokic, but the minutes just aren't there. Jokic, holy crap, man. 58-12 and 12 in that game. They lost on, uh, what the hell was that, Saturday early afternoon. I continue to look at this team. Jamal Murray sat this one out and figuring out if anyone besides Jokic, Murray, and Michael Porter Jr. can sustain fantasy value. And there were a few guys that sort of teetered on the edge in this ballgame. Monty Morris obviously filling in for Jamal Murray, but that's not the important one. Will Barton has been uh, in and out of fantasy value. He's currently out overall, so he's a no Paul Millsap is a no, and the guy that I keep talking about is Jermichael Green, who wasn't great in this ballgame, but played 26 minutes at 10-3 and with a steal and two three-pointers, and he's actually been uh, better than I think people want to admit. He's number 133 on the season, which certainly is not good enough to use you know, on a, in a games cap format, he's, it's a pretty close to uh, unlimited games. Over the last couple of weeks, though, his minutes have trended up closer to 24, and he's at number 72 over that stretch. Admittedly, smaller sample size, so it's easier to be to sort of jump up, jump down on one ball game. But 11 points, seven boards, two threes, a little over a steal, good percentages in both, and basically zero turnovers. That'll get the job done. He also falls into that bucket of interesting backup centers. I would slot him probably ahead of Zubots because of the three-pointers uh, and scoring and behind Olenek and Noel. Probably where I'm, if I'm pulling all these centers and plopping them into one spot together. Chicago, we talked about already. Did we talk about them already? Yeah, we talked about... Uh, I've lost track of what I've discussed at this point. Well, let, we'll go over this one again. I don't think we have, actually. I think I may, that may have been a tweet that rolled into my head and thought I mentioned it on a podcast. Uh, Larry Markinen, we got a report this morning. He's out for two to four weeks with a sprained shoulder. 
which seems to have really opened up a path for Patrick Williams. He's slid up now to play power forward on this team, and that's been great. He had 16-10 with a block and a three-pointer in their win at Orlando on Saturday. This is also really good news for Thad Young. Not that anything was really coming for his playing time. He's been terrific, and with no marking in there, not going to have much of a choice. Denzel Valentine slid into the starting lineup on Saturday and played 36 big minutes. Uh, I'm not trusting that one unless I see it a couple more times. I, I'm going to need a little more evidence before I go get into the Valentine streaming business. But it's safe to say that with Otto Porter out with the back and Markinen out with the shoulder and Wendell Carter Jr. out, everybody's down for the Bulls, they're going to need to find production elsewhere. They're extremely thin through their front court. Daniel Gafford started but only played 13 minutes. Cristiano Felicio, Luke Cornett combined for 10 center minutes. I mean, this was really a mix and match of a ball game. They'll be going quite small. You'll probably see Thad at center for stretches. Tomas Sadoransky actually had a pretty good ball game because they needed to just kind of get a little bigger. And Chicago's a team really worth monitoring here because these guys, with the exception of Otto Porter, who we don't really know his timeline, anyone he comes back, they're probably going to limit him to about 23 minutes of ball game. With Wendell Carter Jr. and Larry Markinen out for a couple weeks apiece, there might be someone you can slot in for those two to three weeks. And as we've talked about before, this season, streamers are more valuable than past years. I'm hoping Orlando blows it up because Mo Bamba would get crazy delicious if such a thing happened. He played 12 minutes and had one of the better fantasy lines of the day. But until he actually sees consistent playing time, there's no point in doing anything there. The Magic are not good. Evan Fournier was out for this one. His back acted up again. Terrence Ross actually seems like he's gotten worse without anybody to get him the basketball. They have no one left on this team that can pass right now. It's nobody. Cole Anthony is the closest thing they got. He's been good enough to stick on a roster here because there's just sort of no one else around. We have no report on Michael Carter-Williams, nothing at least to suggest that he's close. And when he does get close, I don't know, maybe he does take over half of the point guard minutes and then they both become useless. Magic are a mess. Terrence Ross is probably a drop if you want it. I mean, I'm in some super competitive leagues. If I drop him, he probably gets scooped up because there is some upside there. Uh, but he's been terrible lately. As there's no way around that. And so in most formats, you can probably get away with dropping him. Anthony's a hole. Obviously, Vooch is fine. And then Aaron Gordon, like, he wasn't good enough to start even before he got hurt. But you're probably hanging on because his stuff fluctuates hard with the percentages. Brooklyn without Kyrie Irving, who's day-to-day, and Kevin Durant, who's in protocols again, got beat up by Philly. They just... Philly's too good for James Harden with a bunch of guys he's just learning how to play with. Jeff Green was a little more human. DeAndre Jordan also got a start. Uh, they sort of had no choice with a bunch of guys missing on this team right now. And it's not worth deep diving the nets while they're missing two of their three superstars. Joe Harris is solid. Harden is, is solid. DeAndre Jordan will be good while everybody's out here, but he was trending down. And then Jeff Green still looks like the easier big man play on that Brooklyn team. Philly is a non-factor. God, I'd love it if Matisse Thybul had any offensive game whatsoever. He is a defensive wizard, but he has no offense, none. So they just can't really afford to play him more than 21, 22 minutes. And even those, his usage was 5%. That's nothing. That's sub-Shane Battier numbers. It is crazy, though. He's averaging 21 minutes a game and 3.3 defensive stats. He's number 113 over, is that the last two weeks? Yeah, he's number 113 over the last two weeks with those numbers. On the season, in 17 minutes, he's at 2.4 defensive stats, number 191. And his minutes probably trend down as Seth Curry gets his wind back because we did hear a report that Seth was dealing with some COVID after effects, and so he's not quite right either. Toronto lost in Atlanta. They were still down OG Ananobi, so Norman Powell's Stream Fest 2K21 continues. Chris Boucher has come roaring back after a slowdown. It'll be a kind of a bouncing back and forth for him all season long, but he was a, a pretty clear buy low last week. Atlanta, the story over there is not the... I mean, listen, we talk about some of the big lines on this show, if, if it's worth mentioning, but for the most part, this podcast is about finding stuff around the edges, things that can fix and help your team 
And then for the big name guys, you're looking at, is there a regression coming? Is there value in a trade? That's why we mention big name guys from time to time, like Clint Capella, 23 and 16 in this one. I would mention that if I thought it meant anything. He's just been really good. He's number 29, and he's probably going to be a top 30 guy this year. So no real note there. The note on this ballgame is Gallo. Finally got up around 25 minutes. They have a few days off before their next ballgame. Had 14, 5, and 4. Didn't even need a ton of usage to get there. Uh, Three three three-pointers. You know he's always a big-time free-throw percentage guy. Gallo is basically ready to go especially if his minutes trend up another one or two. Like, if the target is 25, cool. That probably still gets him inside the top 100. If the target is 27, he's got a chance to be a top 75 fantasy player this year. And there just aren't that many guys like that around. So if you've been sitting on him, you can probably start him now. And, uh, you know, we, we had to wait. We were quite patient on this one, but we made it. Minnesota at Oklahoma City. Shea mysteriously reappeared, as did Lou Dort. Theo uh, Maladone played in this ballgame and then got dropped into the concussion or the, uh, excuse me, the health and safety protocol. So we don't know what his deal is. Mike Muscala was going nuts and he is in the concussion protocol. That's the, got my injuries flip flop there for just a moment. The Thunder, um, they're a confusing lot right now. Shea is an obvious start. Dort is back, but his fantasy game is lacking. Although, you know, he might actually get enough usage if Mascala, Maladone are both out, or it might end up with Hamadou Diallo. I, it's it's sort of hard to know with this team. I don't think that I feel comfortable streaming any of those guys. I don't like Darius Baisley. You guys know that. I've talked about it extensively on the podcast. His percentages are... We talked about fantasy butterface type of stuff. Again, I hold out hope maybe he comes around at some point this year, but those percentages, that's the type of stuff that usually gets fixed in an offseason. Some, at some point, this team will get healthy again. It's just, you know, hard to know. And then, you know, what's George Hill going to do when he comes back? There's another thing on the docket. So Shea is good to go. Horford, when he's playing, is good to go. Maladone, when he was out of the protocols, was actually doing enough. His, his fantasy game seemed to translate a little bit better than these other guys. And then I don't... I don't trust Tam, uh, Diallo as far as I can throw him here. His turnovers generally pretty high. His free throw percent is not good. There's some stuff there that's more scary, I think, than the good. On the Minnesota side, Anthony Edwards had a good ball game. 20 points, 8 boards, 4 assists, a steal, and a block. I, I, realize, I realize that there's a lot left to fill in with this dude, that his stat set hasn't really translated yet but over the last eight games he's inside the top 100 17 four and a half and three with poor field goal percent blended in there and not a ton of defensive stuff and you know we don't know if that's actually going to come around at any point it doesn't seem like he's going to be a big time defensive stats guy but as he keeps getting more and more confident he should continue to the trend line should be up that doesn't mean there aren't going to be peaks and valleys along the way ricky rubio at eight and six he right now is kind of like a poor man's TJ McConnell, which is a crazy thing to say, but the honest to goodness truth, and that was without D'Angelo Russell in this ballgame. Spurs beat the Rockets on the road. Derek White, 29 minutes. That's a good sign. He's about ramped up to uh, near full capacity. The Jakob Pertle Power Tour uh, de Force here took a, a bit of a derailment against DeMarcus Cousins. He'll be fine as long as DeMarcus Aldridge is out. And uh, Keldon Johnson has slowed down a lot after a hot start this year, which you'd kind of expect out of some rookies. I think he'll probably come back around. The question is, you know, how long does the slump last? Because that's what's happening right now. On the Houston side, John Wall had a big ball game. Boogie, you know, brilliant fill-in here for as long as Christian Wood is out. He's on a week-to-week evaluation scale. And I continue to keep one eye on Daniel House. I know, I keep saying that. And so far, he hasn't gotten over the hump, but 11 shots in 25 minutes, 12 and 5, a steal, three three pointers. He's not far from being fantasy useful. Problem is that David Nwaba, Jay Sean Tate, PJ Tucker, all of these guys are kind of button heads for that peripheral slot. And I don't think anyone's really quite moved in front. Milwaukee, Cleveland's a blowout. Oh, what else do you need to say about that one? Cleveland has no outside shooting. Larry Nance Jr. broke his. Uh, Finger, I believe, hand or finger, whatever, hand stuff. That's all you need to know. So he's back out for a while. 
That'll be a month to a month and a half for Nance. It does at least clear out some room for Kevin Love when he comes back on a team that badly needs offense. I mean, really badly needs offense because they can't shoot at all. Yeesh. Warriors-Mavs on Saturday night. That was a fun one. Steph went thermonuclear, 57. 11 three balls. And it wasn't enough. They lost. 134-132. Luka had 42. Maxi Kleba had 16, 8, and 4 with four three-pointers. He's another guy on the down-the-list centers. He's at number 138 on the season. He's had a couple of good ball games lately, kind of blended in with a less awesome one. It's not super clear what the actual goal is with Kleba. Rick Carlisle loves to do this hot hand stuff, but he's a guy that gets blocks and threes and rebounds, and that's a pretty cool combo uh, that fills in, honestly, three of the tougher statistical categories at the same time. So put him on your list of potential sort of side options for center who's really not going anywhere. He's not a, a not a sexy name in fantasy circles. But right now he's severely outplaying Dwight Powell. And if that continues and he can get up near 30 minutes, which remains to be seen, I'm not married to the idea yet, but he could become a thing. Uh, news on the Warriors side is that Draymond Green has looked really good since moving into the center slot. He's been... Uh, Top 75 the last couple of weeks. Big-time assist numbers. He's actually gotten some defensive stats, which is a, a pretty big deal for him because those weren't happening. Tons of turnovers, but who cares? He's he's point center, and uh, that's good for his value. That's good for his value. Uh, Memphis, can't uh, for the life of me, I can't figure this team out. De'Anthony Melton hurt his shoulder. That's a pisser. He was starting to play better. I'm going to hold on Melton for now. Grayson Allen was back, and we were maybe finally going to get an idea of what Melton's job was going to be on that team with Allen around, and then we didn't. Slow-mo had a big one, which was good, because he had slowed mode down quite a lot. Um... Last two weeks, he's inside the top 100 again on the season. He's sitting almost right on the 100 mark. So he still belongs on fantasy teams, but he's hanging on at the moment. JV was back for Memphis in this game. Played well, although uh, couldn't get him over the hump. New Orleans starting to play a little bit better. Brandon Ingram, big ball game. Lonzo Ball's been very good lately. Quietly, he's been very good, particularly on the fantasy side. Uh, Number 70 on the season, thanks to his recent stretch of hot play. You're starting to get some semblance of what you were drafting when you took him in that, you know, 60, 60 to 70-ish range. And Eric Bledsoe finally had a decent ball game, which, you know, whatever, but cool. Detroit and L.A. went to double overtime, so you got some real poppy lines in this one. Jeremy Grant, huge. Josh Jackson exploded with no Wayne Ellington. Dillon Wright, monster game. Mason Plumlee had a monster game. Jackson fouled out, by the way, but that was quite late. LeBron, huge. AD, huge. Schroeder had a pretty big ball game, and somehow no one else in the Lakers really even came close. Montrez was okay, I guess. (laughs) Oh, boy. You got LeBron and AD. It's hard to do much behind those two guys. Detroit's a fun one. Mason Plumlee here trending back up again has been a nice development. Uh, I had abandoned ship in a spot, and it seems like he's now back on the upswing. You know, there'll be another downswing coming, I'm sure. Josh Jackson, I don't know that you can really trust this on a game-to-game basis, especially if Ellington is back, but worth monitoring as per usual, though, it, you know, he does tend to flame out uh, frequently. I think that's the whole league. I don't think anybody played... I don't think anybody didn't play Saturday or Sunday. Yep. I know I do this at the end of every one of these reverse chronological lightning rounds, but I'm I'm pretty sure that no one didn't play over the weekend. Yeah. Yeah. That's what we're going to go with. And so here I turn to our mid-show reminder to check out our buddies at manscaped.com. Manscaped.com. Promo code HOOPBALL20. All one word, H-O-O-P-B-A-L-L-2-0 is the promo code to get 20% off and free shipping 
on your order from manscaped.com. They've got skin-safe technology. That's a pinch-free stuff I talk about on this podcast all the time with the Lawnmower 3.0. Also has a built-in LED light, so it illuminates the actual device and where you're grooming. I, you know, I don't know about you guys. My apartment has uh, very few sun-facing windows, especially the bedroom. So where I'm shaving my neck, my back, whatever, things like that, I need light. So I've got like a closet light on and a room light on and all this stuff, and it's still dark in here. And so to have a device that actually illuminates what I'm shaving as I'm doing it, it's actually a really big deal because I want the line when I shave my neck to not be all jagged and weird. And I turn and I, because I got to keep pointing my face towards the brightest light. It's idiotic, but I've survived like this for a while. Until now. Until now. Manscaped.com. They've got free boxers in different bags. If you get these different specials, they've got the performance package kit that comes with a toiletry bag and uh, all this other cool stuff. They've got the weed whacker for ear and nose hair. They've got the shears. They've got uh, toners, deodorants, powders, shaving mats for the hair that's jumping off of your face. You can dust bust that, I guess, if you want. So... Maybe not a critical item, but still, manscaped.com, promo code HOOPBALL20. Check them out. They've been a wonderful partner for us here at HOOPBALL, and I hope they will continue to be. But the way we make sure that that's the case is to go get some of their stuff. Manscaped.com, promo code, again, is HOOPBALL20. I'll remind all of you guys, I hope you had fun with the Super Bowl yesterday, betting over at mybookie.ag. If you open up a new account right now with promo code HOOPBALL and let me know on Twitter, at Dan Vespers, just say, Dan, I opened up a new account. I made my first deposit. I've got a prize for you. I love them. I love giving these out. I give a few away every week, and I want to continue to do so to you guys who are contemplating starting your sports betting adventure. Oh, it's so much fun. Join us on the Wager Pass, too. Dude, guys, I'm, I'm hot right now, and I'm not the only one. Our buddy Vince Miracle is on a crazy heater at the moment, just grabbing underdogs, and he's up like 20 NBA units, which is good because he was down like 15 uh, the first few weeks of the season. So Vince has come storming back. He had his MMA plays over the weekend as well, and not to be outdone, the great Troy Markowski, 47-37 and 37 on the NBA season. He's plus 15.5 units overall on the year, just dominating. Devin up 8.5 NBA units on the year. Wonderful stuff from our Wager Pass team, which, by the way, should be growing here in the not-too-distant future. Can't, very excited to add coverage of a few more sports. The Wager Pass is $9.99 a month, $0.33 cents a day, basically, over at hoop-ball.com. Check it out now. If you need help with anything, hit me up on Twitter, at Dan Besserus. I'm more than happy to guide you through the process. The Wager Pass. And by the way, this is not Wager Pass related, although it's it's tangentially related, I suppose. Uh, pay back attention to me. If, if you guys had tuned me out here during promo segment, which I know some of you do, and I can't blame you, tune back in here because I, you know, I watch, I have access to see what's going on in Hoopball's, the back end, the servers. So I know a number of you guys jump on board with our different packages every day, but not that many of you have been bugging me for Discord codes. So if you haven't, if you're a member of something, any monthly plan here at Hoopball, includes some sort of Discord uh, affiliated piece. So if you're a subscription holder to Hoopball, please, please, please hit me up so we can get you a Discord access. If it's WagerPass, we've got the WagerPass Discord, which is basically just discussion threads on all different major sports, any plays you guys want to bounce off of us, things of that nature. Fantasy Pass has Discord access. DFS Pass has Discord access. The Hoopball 360 has all of the above, so please do bug me on this. Bug me on this. This is uh, a really big deal, and it's a big part of what we're adding at Hoopball. So if you're on a subscription, make sure to hit me up. You can write teamhoopball at hoop-ball.com. Hey, Dan, I need Discord access. You can hit me up on Twitter again, at Dan Baspers. Let's get you guys involved. You're the most important thing we got. You guys are floating this thing, keeping Hoopball alive. So take advantage of all the stuff that we've got. Okay, Monday, eight-game card. Let's go through it fantasy styles first. We just talked about all of these teams, so a few things to look at going forward. With Houston, I'm watching Daniel House. Everything else I think is fairly predictable. Charlotte, um, it, you know, the health of people is sort of a thing. If everybody's playing, I think we've got a pretty good bead on this team. Toronto, same deal. You're looking at health. 
This will be an interesting test. Jonas Valanciunas on the other side with Memphis. Does Chris Boucher get any kind of significant playing time? That's a big center to have to deal with. And one going against his old team, if you're into that sort of thing. With Memphis, I believe D'Anthony Melton is out, so um, not super interested in the other stuff going on with that club, especially now that they got JV back in the mix. Washington shouldn't, I don't believe we're going to get Russell Westbrook for this one, so do they play better now? You know, this, is this the, you know, Bradley Beal gets to sort of run the ship, they have some fun, they're in Chicago against a Bulls team that's been playing relatively well, but has almost no front court and really minimal rim protection. You would think that might lead to some scoring, but I guess we'll see. Bulls are worth watching also. How do they how do they deal with the lack of centers? Are they going to have to I mean, ugh, are they going to have to run Cristiano Felicio out there for 15 minutes a game? That's a bad that's not good. Yeesh. There's a whole lot of, of pickup drop stuff there. I guess you could look at a Denzel Valentine or a Garrett Temple on Chicago to see if they can, if they're the guys that one, one or both or none with marketing out. So we'll keep tabs on that. Minnesota is in Dallas. The Mavericks favored by nine and a half. It's a pretty big number. I was kind of expecting a bigger number, honestly. Dallas played better finally against the Warriors last time out. They had that monster game from Luka. Minnesota, sounds like Cat is close, but his conditioning isn't quite there yet. He definitely had symptoms with his COVID battle. Happy to hear that he's getting closer. That's, you know, given his family stuff, that's arguably the most important thing that we'll talk about on today's podcast is that Cat seems to be okay, and just hopefully there aren't any lingering effects there. But uh, very curious to see what happens with Minnesota when he does return. Until that point, I'm not a too invested in the Wolves. I think we have an idea here. Anthony Edwards, his trend line is in the right direction. question is how long before it gets there. I don't know that he's fully trustworthy yet in a nine-category format. On the Dallas side, we already talked about Maxi Kleba as kind of the guy you're keeping tabs on, seeing if he can get up and over that threshold and actually carve out minutes on a night-to-night basis. Not the 18 one night, then 32 the next, and then 21, and then 29. I want to see you know, 28 minutes every night. Let's get some damn consistency. Warriors in San Antonio. Spurs favored by a point and a half. Thought that was kind of an interesting line. Uh, Perhaps Dallas and Golden State after those big ones. Maybe there's a little bit of a letdown in store. We shall see. Spurs looking a little better after a couple of down games. Warriors playing all right without a center these days. But that might not be great for them. Draymond, he's back there. He's doing his best rim protecting, but he doesn't elevate the way he used to. But I'll tell you what. They are more fun. <laughs> They're more interesting. Spurs, um, nothing. I mean, LaMarcus Aldridge, health, that's probably the one thing. Cleveland, yuck. They're gross these days. Phoenix, off the Celtics game. This is an interesting one. That's another line that I, is a little bit lower than I expected. Suns favored by 7.5. They're playing well right now. They let uh, limited fans into the arena for their last ball game. That was a, the first time that happened. So another reason I thought the line might be a tiny bit higher. I'd love to back the Cavs here, thinking maybe the Suns have a letdown off their big win over the Celtics. Um, the Cavs have been horrible. I don't know how you back them right now. Milwaukee, four-point road favorites at Denver. Nuggets back home after losses to the Lakers and Kings. Uh, Bucks starting to clamp down a little bit. I don't know, man. This is one of those weird ones where you're like, oh, the Nuggets decided to wake up for a night. Presumably Jamal Murray's back. And then the Lakers, 10.5-point favorites at home over the Thunder. You know me. If I can catch double digits, I'm usually doing it. Uh, OKC missing a bunch of bodies. You know they're fighters. And then Anthony Davis is questionable for this ballgame. So if you're if you're thinking about the Thunder, you probably want to consider doing it. Now, that's why that number has come down, by the way. It opened at 12 It's down largely because of the Anthony Davis stuff. This is not, you know, this number is actually not that crazy given the potential absences on both sides. It is doing a pretty good job right now of splitting tickets on this game. And I don't know that there's any clear grab. Um, Without Anthony Davis, the Lakers' defense suffers in a really big way. Maybe the over is where you look. Kind of a weird NBA betting card tonight fantasy wise for the thunder 
I'd love to see if Lou Dort can actually get going again. I don't think he will. I think you're looking at probably Shea and Horford in this one. I don't know that you go beyond that stuff. Goofball of a night. Eight games, but wow, weird ones, man. We're in one of those... We're in this one of those betting lulls tonight, and then it's kind of a little bit of a fantasy lull, too. We had that big surge a couple weeks ago, and now we're in this, like, can any of these third-string fantasy centers make the jump to second-string fantasy center? And as I've t- maybe that's the, the theme of today's show, is how do these centers get over the hump? And there's a few. Uh, Nerland's Noel, who's not playing tonight and is banged up. Kelly Olynyk who plays tomorrow. Actually, those two teams play each other again tomorrow. I think he's probably your best bet of that group of guys that we talked about during our reverse chronological lightning round. I think Olenek is probably your best bet to actually hold on to value all year at this point. Seems like they got him in that power forward slot. He and, and then, you know, Noel I'd probably put behind him if healthy because he can do it in 20 minutes. And then you probably have a little bit of a step down. Jermichael Green, Ivica Zubats are probably in that next tier. You might be able to throw Maxi Kleba in that next tier as well. But these guys are out there. You know, if you, I have a team where I have far too many centers, which is a shame because that's a league I think where a lot of those guys are free agents. And then if you're in a league where you went heavy on guard, you're in a great shape. You're in great shape if you went super heavy on guard this year because there's centers as far as the eye can see, and the guards are not particularly available. I got some real disaster teams that I got to figure out, mostly because of COVID stuff. Just injuries, injuries everywhere. Ah, the jerks. I got to get these whole things started out. Uh, so I'm going to be diving into that. Folks, if you are on a Fantasy Pass or HoopBall 360 membership, I've got the weekly lineup show coming up at about 3 this afternoon. That should be a lot of fun. Pacific time. That's where I'm at. Three Round 3 Pacific time. We'll break down the uh, coming week on that show. That's for premium subs. And then uh, starting tomorrow, we'll be back with the my, my buddies Adam King and Alan Soroki. We've got this brand new afternoon what to watch for youtube show so that's been pretty cool so far i hope you guys will will join us for that one i think that's about all we got on today's podcast go ahead and put a pin in this thing that is your reverse chronological lightning round we rumble along where the hell are we is this week eight already good lord people no yeah yeah no yes i think it is i'm dan Basperus. this is fantasy nba today a hoop ball presentation Once again, folks, I beg of you, drop a five-star review if you've got the time. And I didn't come up with a recruiting pitch for today's show. So, you know, bug me if you have any questions on that front. And I'll talk to you guys on social media. So long. This has been a Hoop Bowl presentation.